In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning. The second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants being seeds according to their kinds, and trees being fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning. The third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault. Of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights. The greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in numbers and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, 
let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I gave, give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Uh, Esther and Liam, that was uh, beautifully read. Um, In a moment, I'm going to invite you to pray, and I have a favorite book of mine on prayer by uh, Luigi Gioia. I'm not sure how you say his name. He's Italian, and he, uh, I know him from the Alpha Course. He's one of those guys on the Alpha Course who talks about prayer. Um, and uh, he says, any stick of wood is good for the fire, which is a great way of thinking about prayer, that any bit of your emotion, any thought, can be turned into prayer. So I'm going to invite you to turn whatever bit of wood you have in your hands into a prayer. So would you join me and pray? So as you pray, I want to ask you these questions. Um, What are you carrying right now? What are you responsible for? And who are you responsible for? What's coming up for you tomorrow or this week? Have a think. And can you feel the weight of that? Is it going to be easy or is it going to be hard? Is it going to be within your capacity or beyond it? Do you have a sense that everything's going to be okay or do you fear that you might be overwhelmed? Any stick of wood is good for the fire. Lord, hear our prayers. Hear our prayers. Amen. Amen. 
So how's your Christmas and New Year been so far? Um, it's quite cold in this building right now, so that's my dominant feeling. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else. Uh, I can't think of anything else. All I'm thinking is, I'm cold. Uh, but the Christmas season uh, uh, and is a break from so many of our responsibilities, and I guess that's a good thing. Although it brings with it so many other different responsibilities, doesn't it? So you switch from one lot of responsibilities to another, and so uh, that brings with it some uh, extra effort and uh, work. And then the school term, I'm really aware of the school term. I mean, this time of year, like at the beginning of the end of the summer, the end of Christmas always brings the same feelings of I should have been doing something over Christmas. I should have been doing something. I've missed something. There's an exam. There's an essay. There's something I should have been doing. I don't know if that resonates with anyone in the room. That, That still lingers from when I was a kid. And then there's New Year, which is filled with optimism in many ways. Uh, But the optimism can be a difficult thing to cope with, too, because uh, it's a time when we recalibrate or rethink about recalibrating our lives. But often that brings with it a kind of disappointment as we look back over the year and uh, a kind of missed opportunities and sense of, you know, we've tried this and we've said this before. We promised ourselves we'd changed. And so we can feel a bit overwhelmed even by the optimism or the promise of a new year. So what are you carrying right now? I wonder where your minds went. What are you responsible for? Are you creating anything? Are you looking forward, looking ahead to create anything over the next few days and weeks? Or are you needing to repair anything or take it apart and rebuild it again? And how are you feeling about what you're carrying as you start this year? Uh, as Nigel said right at the beginning of the service, uh, over the next 16 weeks, uh, from Epiphany all the way through to Easter, we're going to be tracing the big story of God's covenant promises with us from creation all the way to Jesus. And we're going to be joining together on Sundays, looking at the stories that trace all the way through the scripture. It's going to be a bird's eye view of the whole of scripture. And I've tried to put, uh, tried to collect the the key stories that kind of hold the narrative together. And that's quite a challenge. It was quite fun looking at, trying to work out what were the 16 most important narratives to look at together. Um, and But it was also a challenge. But what I found was that there was a constant theme all the way through, or at least the theme that came up to me was the theme of God's promise and his covenant with us. Covenant isn't a word we use particularly very much unless we're solicitors in, in our everyday language. But covenant is the promise that God makes with us his people and covenant is probably the theme or certainly the major theme of scripture and so we're going to be following it through from Adam and Eve today at Abraham and next week Abraham Moses David Solomon uh, the prophets and then finally to Jesus what is really great about this is that we're also going to be doing this in our small groups so whatever small group you're in uh, the week before we do it on Sundays, you're going to be looking at the same passages using the Discovery Bible Study kind of process, uh, asking the question, what does it tell us about ourselves? Uh, what might we do as a result of reading this passage? And then who might we tell? So that, that very simple way of looking at Scripture together. So I'm really hopeful that, that will, these things will combine in our small group work with also what's going on on Sundays. And it's really joyful that A number of people last term gave their lives to Jesus or gave their allegiance to Jesus as their king. And I'm particularly mindful of them as they've stepped into this new year, this new life, trying to get a sense of how does this story hold together. So my hope is that over the next few weeks that they will be helped 
as we journey together as a church family, as they put the jigsaw bits together and work it out. So that's part of what I was thinking. So that takes us to today. Uh, So what do I want us to think about today? I want us to think about the creator God, the good creator God who creates order out of chaos and who invites us to join him in that act of creation. It's the next slide, I think, if you're, if you're on it in the room. That's right. The God of the Bible is the good creator God who creates order out of chaos and who invites us to join him. No matter what we carry, whatever we are responsible for, God is inviting us again to join him in his creation project, bringing order out of chaos wherever we find it. And this passage that was beautifully read, it says that we are designed for a purpose, to be fruitful and to be effective, to have an impact in the world. And this is what we have been gifted to be. God has created a safe space, a good space for us to dwell in as his regents, as his image bearers, expressing his character and life through the things that we create and shape and the way that we live life on earth. So to the text. In the beginning, God created the heavens or the skies and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. In the Hebrew, it is tohu vabohu, which has a nice rhyme to it. Um, Formless and empty, shapeless. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The waters are an image of chaos. And God said, and God said, it makes it sound so simple, doesn't it? And God said, he spoke, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and morning the first day and so on. In the beginning, God created. It's really important for us that we start uh, live in this narrative that is God's narrative, not ours. The, the, the key thing of today, or one of the key things of today, is to know that we live in God's story, that we live in God's world. This is not a story primarily about me. This is a story about God that I am being invited into. My meaning finds its place within the meaning of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word created everything, bringing the good physical world out of the empty, chaotic darkness, the shapelessness, the tohu vabohu of the world. And God says, let there be light. And he speaks, and his voice alone is so powerful that light and time are formed for the very first time. So the story is written not so much as to give us information about the way that God creates, but rather the, the purpose and the character of what has been made. Our, to, our story tells us that matter matters. It makes me smile. Maybe that's why matter is called matter, because it matters. That is, it has a purpose. Things Stuff, atoms, have a purpose. The spirit is not the center of everything. Matter matters. 
Spirit is vital. God is spirit. But he creates matter because he creates it to, to have a purpose. It has a quality about it, and he calls it good. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. So there is so much to ponder here, so much to enjoy. All the science of maths and physics and chemistry and biology. I'm looking over here at this group of young students over here, the kind of sense of them just exploring the whole way that world works. There's so many ologies that explore the way that the world is. So much beauty in it. Beauty that we receive, that we understand with our eyes, which is why Instagram is so popular. We can't help but take pictures of the stuff that we see And the story is told in a beautiful and poetic way with rhyme and rhythm, and it captures the heart as well as the mind. It's written in a way that tells us two vital things, where we live and who we are. Where we live, we live in God's world, good world, God's space, God's universe, God's temple. He creates a temple-like space, a holy space, God's creation for us to dwell in. And it's good by design, not by chance. It's ordered and shaped and spoken out. Our story tells us that we don't live in a world of random atoms or chance experiences that hold no meaning, but rather that we live in a world drenched in love and purpose. Uh, Many of you will have noticed, already noticed, but... uh, this little uh, narrative in, within the narrative. Uh, but for those who haven't noticed, um, here's um, something that, the way that I noticed about the way that the poem is ordered. There are six days, you're familiar with that, evening and then daytime. And in each one, God speaks out his creation. And you can divide them into two groups of three. Three days of separating and dividing and three days of filling and populating. So you get separation and then you get filling. Day one, God separates the light from the dark. Incidentally, uh, I got the images from uh, uh, the Bible Project, and I recommend you look up their creation narrative, Genesis 1. Uh, Day 1, this separates light from dark. Day 2 separates the waters above and the waters below. Day 3 separates the water from the land. Day 4, we get the population of the skies with the sun and the moon and the stars. And day 5, we get the population of the waters above and the waters below. And the seas are filled and the airs are filled with fish and birds. And day 6, you get the population of the land with animals and then ultimately people. And then comes the climax, day 7, the day of rest. And again, there's so much to reflect on this. Uh, But my takeaway today on this is that the world has a creator. And that creator is good and purposeful and generous. He's deliberate and precise and almighty. We believe in God the Father, almighty, maker of heaven and of earth, of all things visible and invisible. So it tells us where we live. And this story tells us who we are. We don't just live in God's world. We believe that this world has been designed with us in mind. 
pausing for effect. We aren't just randomly here as another part of this constituent thing called the world or the universe or the way things are. Rather, this world has been designed with us in mind. Designed specifically for us to inhabit and with a role for us to fulfill, which is to shape and to oversee or to have dominion over on behalf of the creator whose image we are made in. And we're made male and we're made female equal together. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Do you remember all the others were, and in their kinds, and in their kinds, and their kinds, and their kinds. It doesn't say that about humans, in their kinds. It says, in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over livestock, all the wild animals, all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And then it says, God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So as Psalm 8 puts it, God has made us a little lower than the angels, but to bear his image, to represent and express his rule and his reign, to manifest his character, to shape this world, to mold his creation, which is quite a calling, is it not? We have a holy purpose, a distinct purpose in the whole order of creation. We have a reason for our existence. It's not to get on or to climb up. It's not to win the race or to dominate. It's not to make money or to retire as young as possible. Our purpose is to image God on earth, to represent him, represent him again and again, a thousand times a day in all our differences, male and female, in what we say, in what we do, in how we do those things. Hmm. What are you carrying? What are you creating? Do you sense that you are image bearing in that process or are you doing it for yourself? Or are you doing it as God's representative here on earth, making things out of chaos, just as he does? Are you asking for the spirit to hover over you so that you might do that well? When you make a mistake, are you returning to him again and again so that you might do it better next time? Are you an active participant in this creation that God has set in motion? Are you bearing his image, male and female. This is what we're for. This is what every new year is for. Every year we get given, you remember the sun and the stars that delineate time and seasons. It's not random. No, there is a seasonal pattern to this. And into that pattern, into that border and boundary, we get to play to express something of God's character upon the earth. Everything that we do can have can be drenched in meaning if we represent God well in our lives. That's a a reason to get up in the morning. We say that God loves us. And that's true. It's a good truth too. But we need to know a prior truth that God has made us for a purpose. That he's made us in his image. That's where the gospel starts. 
the love thing comes and it's expressed all the way through. But in a way, I think it comes after because the story starts with purpose. It says you've been made for a purpose. Every single one of us made for a purpose. So many people, would you not agree with me, are struggling right now this year for a thousand reasons. But one area that we've noticed in in ourselves, I've noticed in myself and in others, is around our mental health. Uh, What we might call our own normal mental health range, I don't know about you, but you've maybe noticed it's, it's a different mental health range at the moment. We're struggling more than we normally do, whatever our normal is. People have told me that they feel flat or that they feel stressed or that they felt that classic English word, fine. Now, some people have been more honest and said they felt anxious or panicky or uncertain or troubled, that they've told me about their sleep pattern being disrupted. And some of us have, avoid, have been struggling to avoid slipping back into bad practices, bad habits as a way of coping with some of these feelings that we're challenging, uh, we're, we're dealing with. I was reading yesterday that six million people in England have received antidepressants in the three months from September, uh, leading up to September. Six million. And that's part of a wider trend, and it's the highest figure on record. Wow. And if that applies to anyone in the room or anyone watching this morning, as I'm sure it does, then one thing we can take from that is that we are not alone. Many people are experiencing something similar. This has been one of the most challenging experiences of our lifetimes. Now, mental health is a complex thing and there's no silver bullet. uh, But my message from this story this morning is that I think it might help us all if we started this year remembering not just where we are in God's world, but who we are, image bearers, that we are called to manifest the character and the life of God in who we are, in who we are and what we do. Now that could be a, a big challenge for us, another weight to carry, but I think it's a good weight to carry. And I think it helps us in the way that we live I think it can, if we have the idea that we're image bearers, this can have a positive impact on our own mental health for how we see ourselves every single day. Because if we bear God's image right now, that means that we have purpose. It means we have value. It means that we matter. It means that today matters and that we carry a significance every single moment of every single day. Now, all of us are going to carry something. We don't get a choice about whether we carry stuff or not, that's just life. You wake, you get given life and start carrying stuff. But I'd like to invite you to carry the burden of your calling as an image bearer once again, as a creator, as a shaper, as an overseer. And wherever you find yourself, whether it's in your family, in your home, in a workplace, in your street, in a college, in a university, in a town, in this nation, that you see yourself as made in God's image and you remind yourself as much as possible, I am made in the image of God, to represent him again and again. So embrace your calling. See yourself as God's image bearer. My children, 
some of who you know them, Angus and Hebe, uh, bear my image, for better or worse. I think they're a little disappointed sometimes. But for good or ill, they also carry some of my character and personality too. And maybe that's even worse for them. But more important than that, they have both been made in God's image. Male and female. And they represent him in numerous ways. In the songs that they sing. In the way that they love. In the messages that they send, even in the middle of the night in the way that they lay a table, in the gifts that they give, in the humility that they show, in the anger that they have when things are wrong, in the passion they show to the downtrodden or the ignored, for the way that they care for the vulnerable and the weak, for the way that Angus cared for my mum and my dad this past year, restricting himself, taking on the burden of responsibility to create something new in a difficult, chaotic situation. For the way that Hebe is giving herself away to others in a city a long way from home, in a different culture, to help build a young church for a new generation of people. We're all made in the image of God. And I use them as examples not to big them up in any way because they are normal like the rest of us. But that's the point. They are normal. They are image bearers. We are image bearers. And can you see how if we see ourselves as bearing God's image, this transforms or has the potential to transform everything we do, the good bits of life and even the darker bits of life too. Every day, we can bear God's image. So, embrace your calling as image bearers this week. Look like the maker. Create. Make things. Speak good things. Love others. Male and female, represent him. Whatever your domain, wherever you rule, oversee it. Shape it. Market, create. This is your God ordained role. It's who you are and it's why you exist. Amen.